Sukkot has many different mitzvahs to it. They would all be registered as mitzvah seish as mangrama, which means a mitzvah, a positive commandment, which the time causes it. So, so to say that you cannot have sukkot in the middle of the summer. Well, it might be summer somewhere in the co- some other countries, but not middle of the summer, <coughs> the months of Tammuz, of Sukkot comes in the month of Tishrei, which is basically the beginning of fall. In, for the most part, Chagosif. One of the ideas of Sukkot, as we're going to speak with Shem, is going out of the element, going out of your element, going out of your norm, leaving the comfort of one's own home, going out to eat in the Sukkah. That said, It's not metaphorically speaking, it's a physically speaking thing that we go out of the house and we don't eat in the house, we eat in this sukkah, the hut that's built outside of our house. And it cannot be covered, I mean it's covered with schach, but it cannot be covered by a tree, it cannot be under a roof. There those people that have a room with the house with a retractable roof and they just put the schach on top, ashrechem. You have the people that literally have to toil, labor, physical labor, and put together, build walls and put them together and connect them, make sure they stay sturdy. Sheikhem. You have those that have a closed-in porch and they just put the schach on top. Good for them too. said probably many times, my grandfather Shalom lived in a little apartment building, a big apartment building, whatever it was, and the only place he found to build a sukkah was on the fire escape. Little sukkah, how many have him? He only had daughters. So it's for him to sit outside and eat the sukkah. Whoever could come could join, maybe one or two chairs inside. Now, obviously, that's fire hazard. So immediately, whether or not someone reported him or whatever the case might have been, um, the fire department came and told him that can't be there. He said, but it's my holiday. It's a Jewish holiday. You can't be there, we're going to give you 
I don't know if they got an order from the judge or from whatever. It has to go down within 30 days. Okay. So be it. I need it for eight. Seven. Different levels of how to treat the mitzvah. As in every mitzvah. People that do a mitzvah superficially, but they're doing a mitzvah. They've completed the mitzvah nonetheless. People that do a mitzvah and they want to make sure that it's done nicely, it's done right. People that are very stringent in completing a mitzvah and therefore they go the whole nine yards plus. Even if it's something that's in position on their actual life. Different approaches, different ways people approach things in life. Which is fine. Which is fine. A person can act and can live and can be the way their nature takes them. When does the problem present itself? When it comes to vacation, when it comes to something of a physical pleasure, your home, your car, you go all the way out. You go the whole nine yards. There's nothing can be lacking. Every, every feature that a car could possibly have, every thing that a computer could possibly give you, Every every uh, ounce of comfort and, and beauty and enhancement that you can make in your home, you put in. Comes to the mitzvah, you haggle. All of a sudden, you got to buy an essay. Uh, $300, waste so much money, yeah, $400. Ah, you guys, you sell a shregim once a year, you do business, you do work once a year, you live a whole year off your shregim. Why did you pay for the shregim? 40 cents, a dollar, two dollars. It's a beautiful but, but Come on. I would not talk practical. If the guy has his own shregim field. In Israel, in Italy, wherever you might have it, what does it cost the upkeep of the field already? Realistically speaking, does he pay somebody an annual salary to go look after it? Maybe. I don't know if he pays a full annual salary, only a monthly something, a stipend. He reaps from the field 300 Australian. 300 Israel. And he sells these Israel an average of $200. Seriously. That big money, $60,000. What is it really? What is it? 
what, what don't you forgive the guy? And he's standing there himself in, this, in the business. No, he has workers, he has this one, he has that one. The salaries to pay. <laughs> but everybody has to get a, get me the better price. Get me a better nickel. Get me a better... I, I can't complain, honestly, because personally, I have a valet service on my asking, Baruch Hashem. He should live and be well for 120 years. And when he goes to pick a shagim, he looks at the asking and says, Oh, this is the rabbis. And he puts on the box my name. <laughs> and he puts the asking inside. And I come to buy my asking. Used to be in the olden days, used to get another asking, another asking, and choose and check. And I don't like this, I don't like that. And, you know, this looked and that looked. <laughs> now, Baruch Hashem, the last few years, I walk in. Here's your asterisk. I take it out. I look at it. I approve. And give it to And it's usually a very, very beautiful asterisk. But the truth to be told, I rely on the Yididus, the closeness, the friendship of the person prepares my yeshik and he says this is, he wants to put this away for me. He sees this being my yeshik. So it's a uh, instinct, the national instinct of people. But you need to connect to your mitzvah. You need to feel for the mitzvah. I don't look at this yeshik now and say, eh, I didn't even choose it. Eh, I didn't even have a choice. I didn't even look at a second eshik. I just took this eshik. First of all, Baruch Hashem, in my personal case, I take my family and I look at everybody else's eshikim also. So I see other eshikim. I don't covet any of them. I'll tell you, this one is good for you, this one is good for you, this one is good for you. And Baruch Hashem, Siyata Dishmaya, everybody's very happy always with their eshik. So, when I have my Esrik, my mitzvah, it's not that I didn't toil. I have to toil plenty to pay for it. But I know this mitzvah has been put away for me, and I look at it, and I cherish it, and I value it. And it's worth every nickel, every dime, every penny I pay for it. Because I connect with the mitzvah. And this is how a person has to look at his mitzvahs. This is how a person has to look at Tera. I connect to my mitzvah. Not I connect to only one particular mitzvah. There are many people that have one mitzvah, their mahadr, that they chose, this is their choice, their pet peeve mitzvah, as we call it. Not peeve, it's the pet mitzvah. There are those people that like to support chasen kalas. Couples getting married, they like to make sure that they have everything they need. There are people that like to make sure that if Rahman al son is a widow, they want to take care of the widow and the children. It is a, everyone has their mitzvah that they connect to. Some it's with tzedakah, and some it's actually physically doing something for the mitzvah. 
You have the person that loves Hanukkah. I love Hanukkah. I love to light my menorah. I love having the menorah either in the window or by the door, or people seeing it and celebrating it. I love the the, the foods of Yom Tif, not because I love latkes or donuts. The idea of the way, the richness of the food, etc. Everyone takes it, not everyone, but many people have a mitzvah that this is their hidden mitzvah. They'll do it, go all the way, the whole nine yards with that mitzvah because they love that mitzvah. Nothing wrong with it. It would be wonderful if one could take all 630 mitzvahs and have the exact same equal feeling for each and every mitzvah. We're human beings. We have a certain capacity. Within our capacity, we accept many different things. Within our capacity, we can accept emotion. Within our capacity, we can accept intelligence. Within our capacity, we can accept. We don't all have the same capacities. We don't all have that same limit or limitless or unconditional or emotional or whatever it might be each to their own as we say in America we all have everyone has their own capabilities of doing what they need to do therefore when it comes to a mitzvah one needs to see to it that they do and they apply themselves the most they possibly can even if this is not their favorite mitzvah then we have mitzvahs that are not mitzvahs. Traditions. Kaparis. Things that the sages have instituted. Tashlach. You have people that are very mahadir on Tashlach. <laughs> they have to go they have a certain spot or a certain place where they go to by the water bay. And there they like to say the Tashlach. Customarily, we throw our various out to the waters and the fish, the fish who have no eye and hara, they don't, because they don't see them, and etc., etc., all the other spiritual connections that Tashlach has for us. But they take it an extra, line, an extra line, an extra mile, and they bring bread, they bring challah, and they throw it to the fish. It doesn't, uh, I'm sure somebody started it or something. It comes somewhere and it has some kind of hand, some kind of feet, some kind of source to it. Um, by us, we go to Tashlik, we say our trila, we shake out our tzitzis actually, to shake away, to take away our virus, send them into the water. So you have people that have a tashlach whole tashlach. I had an opportunity this year to be in Geneva, Switzerland for Rosh Hashanah. Geneva, Switzerland has one of the famous parts of the city is the lake, the lock. It has a big jetta that's shooting the whole time. Beautiful place. It's a 10-15 minute walk from the actual community. 
the entire community, the entire Jewish community, all different walks of life, Sephardic, Litvish, Chassidish, whoever's there, walks down to the lake, and basically at the same time meets over there. Uh, there's no tensile. They don't have a tensile. I was a little bit untouched, but then you can't be really. I would imagine that such a program, so prepared, everybody going, and they have security actually along the whole way. On every block there's another security person, security guard. And they just say, they're Jewish most of them, they'll tell you Chak Sameach, etc. But I would imagine such a program to be men and women separate. It's Tfila. But on the other hand, it's not just congregations, shuls going, it's families going. If it's a, fam- a whole family going, so obviously the whole family is going to be together by the Tashluch. So I guess that's something that's unavoidable, that can't can't be controlled. Um, never to talk bad about anyone Jew and the Jewish nation, especially not their customs or their things, traditions that they do. It was a beautiful, beautiful scene. A beautiful scene. May they all be blessed, Taka. They should have all long life. They should have a beautiful year. They should, their prayers should all be with Kabul. It was a beautiful, beautiful event. We have here locally different places. Baruch Hashem, a new tash that was built here in Crown Heights. Um, my son was very instrumental in it, Baruch Hashem. God love. He should have all the merits of all the people that were not able to come up to the regular Tashlach here by 770 East and Parkway and live on the other end of the community and were able to go there and the elderly and the, and the sick. May they all be given Kayach, may they all be given Refua Shalemus. They all be well. But they all had, it was much more, much more comfortable there, it was much more spacious there, and it was much more convenient. It was on the other end of the community basically. Not the whole end of the community, but it's a, it just give another little bit of a reprieve. And many, many people took avail, avail themselves of the opportunity of using it. They had a big sign outside with the whole tashlach. You'd have to you'll read it right off the sign. You'd have to bring your imachza. And it was a very, very special thing. God will and anyone that sponsored or paid for it and they, they merited all the brachas that they possibly could get, they should shine and shower upon them. But the mitzvah of sukkah, the mitzvah of sukkahs, of dalad minim, are very unique. But let us first understand the celebration of sukkahs. Rejoice, you should be very happy. The month of Tishrei different than any other month. The month of Nisan 
is a celebration of Pesach. In the month of Nisan, the first 12 days, we read the Nesim, each day the Nasi that brought his carbon when they dedicated the, Bismi, the Mishkan. And therefore we celebrate that day with the Nasi, and we don't say Tachnum. So it's 12 days, then it's 8 days of Pesach, it's 20 days, majority of the month we don't say Pesach, we don't say Tachnum, we don't say Tachnum that whole month. <coughs> so we're rejoicing basically the whole month. The month of Tammuz, from Shivasif Tammuz, the 17th month, the day of Tammuz, till the next month over, carries over till Tisha B'Av, till the ninth day of Av, we have the three weeks. Time of mourning, no music, etc. After Pesach, we have Ir, the month of Ir, which basically is Svira Sa'imah, till, till, till the first week of Sivan, and we don't listen to music, we don't make weddings. Barring like Beimer, Shchedish, different Tatum that they find. Three days before Shuas, four days before Shuas. Um, whatever date you can get in the, in the hall. Then you have Shuas, so the, part, the mid part of, of the month of, of Sivan, you have Chagat Shavuos, which is celebrated until you Chedish, because they had to carry over the Kabbanas. They weren't able to sacrifice them all in one day, so they carried over, they were given the Yemei until you Every month has its uniqueness to it. Whereas Nisan has a full month of Simcha, you don't see Tachna the entire month. Chedish Tishrei not only has a uniqueness to it, Cheshvan is a uniqueness as well, Cheshvan has nothing. <laughs> That's why it's called one of the reasons it's called Mar Cheshvan, Mar meaning bitter, because there's no holidays. We don't celebrate anything in Cheshvan. That's why some people won't make weddings in Cheshvan. Shias Machot, let it make many simchas, and everybody that has to make a wedding, let it make it. If it has to be in Cheshvan, make a Cheshvan, wherever it has to be, it should just be already. And the couple should be happy, and the Zivik should be the offer, and they should have children, and they should be blessed with every cult of Sela. Even if it's in Cheshvan or for any other month. Obviously, not times you're not allowed to. Cheshvan Tishrei, though, is divided in two parts. Not just two parts, but two extremes. The month of Tishrei begins with Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah being, obviously, the first days of the Aserah Ten days of repentance. And this culminates, climax at Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, the day of repentance, may all, all our tefillahs be answered. And we just had Yom Kippur this past Monday. And throughout this span of time, this hour of service mode to Hashem, Takarish Baruch Hu, today is a service mode of yira, of fear, bitterness. We become totally nullified, and we think to ourselves, and we repent, and we're talking over and over, repeating over and over our sins that we've committed in the past, and asking for forgiveness from our Kaddish Baruch Hu, from our fellow person, 
if we ever slighted or anything of the sort, we ask them again and again, Mechila, throughout the first portion, ten days of the month of Tishrei. The second part enters a new shlav, enters a new era, a new mode. We go into a different mode. And this turns into the concept of simcha. We, inter- we now go in the direction of full-fledged simcha. So much so of joy, so much the joy is so emphasized that the tailor gives us a commandment, you have to be happy on this Yom Tov. It's a Yom Tov itself. And this is a Pasuk in the tailor itself. And then, throughout Sukkot, you have the Simchas Beis HaSheva, and the continuum of the Simcha that goes into the, culminates with Simchas Teda. The truth is that all this great, great Kedusha and phenomenal Kedusha that we have, all this holiness, beginning Rosh Hashanah says, Mitzvah Yom Kippur, ultimately doesn't trickle down but rather reveals itself and, the, and blows up, shall we call it, Chagasukas with Simcha. Through the Simcha, <coughs> the joy, through the dancing. And this we see in the way that we approach the mitzvahs of Sukkot and the mitzvahs that we had until this point. Although I must say that the Matzah Rosh Hashanah, there's a Febregen, and it was intense, shall we say. And the conversation was focused <coughs> on Tshuva, Maishim good deeds, repentance, charity, beautiful. And <laughs> it was all in French. But I told the fellow next to me, I said to him, I'm about to do something to change this mode because it's getting on my nerves. I don't believe that this is how we need to approach mitzvahs. And I started the Rebbe's father's nigun, famous march of Levik, which I'm not going to sing, I'm sorry. And I jumped up and I grabbed the two people next to me and I stood up and I made them stand up as well. Everybody put their hands on each other's shoulders. Everybody, the whole place stood up and everybody put their hands on their shoulders and all stood there, jumping up and down, singing the sing, singing with a record, this sneaking that's known as the Akafening, the second Akafening. And I said, Simcha paid us together. Joy breaks all boundaries. So we cried and we shed tears and we prayed, etc., etc. It was amazing, amazing Rosh Hashanah. And we listened to the blessed of the Shefer which awakened our very soul, which reached into the depth of our souls. 
And now we went through the Sesame the ten days of repentance with all the Avinu Malkeinu that we say, and all the lament, lamentations and everything that we had to say. And came Yom Kippur, and we went through the 26-hour fast, and we cried, and we davened, and we said, and forgive us, and we banged our heart for Al-Khayt, we fell on the ground for Kedem. We did everything that we could. Now we need to say, I am very confident that you have blessed me with a good year. And I want to show that to you. And therefore, I am taking this to the new level, the level of joy, because I am happy that we have gone and we have succeeded. Rashana's mitzvah is Tkiya Shefer. Blowing of Shefer. And you take out the Shefer and you have to blow 100 blasts. What kind of blasts? You have a Tkiya, you have a Shevarim, you have a Trua, the long blast, the short, three short blasts, and the nine shorter blasts. Amongst these hundred blasts, there are sixty tkiyas. Then there's twenty shvarim and twenty truas. If you're very good at math, you found out that's immediately that it's a hundred. We see this in the sukkah as well. We have the most important part of our sukkah is our schach. As we mentioned before, all the different walls that people have for their sukkahs. And that doesn't matter. That doesn't change. Every one of them is kosher. But what's more important than all those things is that we have schach on top. That we're open to the open sky, but our roof itself that we have on the sukkah is put schach. Sorry, some people put bamboo, some people put evergreen, some people put both, some people put mats, some people, whatever that is that a kosher thing that covers the sukkah, ashrechem. It should be green though, there should be something green on top. Schach, as it's called, numerical value is also 100. <coughs> <coughs> And this division also is between the letters that we see in the Kailis, the blasts. Schach is spelled Samach, Chof, Chof. Sorry for those who try to spell it with a Sof Ches Ches. But obviously we're giving you a new, a new news break. It's Samach, Chof, Chof. Samach is 60, which represents the 60 Tkiyas. Chof is 20, representing the 20 Shvarim, and Chof is 20, representing the 20 Truas. So we have a very, very special connection between Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot. Yom Kippur, the main service in the Beis Hamidash, was in the Beis Hamidash, on Yom Kippur, was bringing the cloud of Ketedus, Teres Chassidus explains 
that from that very cloud we connected and we brought down the Ananiya Kovid, the clouds of honor and glory that surrounded the Jews in the desert. And that's the idea of Sukkot. Why do we celebrate Sukkot? The generation should know, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that I sat the Jewish nation within a sukkah. These are the honorary, the, the honorary clouds, Ananiya Kovit, that surrounded the Jews. And this was represented or built upon the clouds of smoke that come up for the Ketedas that are sacrificed as a mainstay service on Yom, on Yom Kippur. Then we have the Asadah Simei the ten days of repentance. The seven days of Tina Shoshana and Yom Kippur, and then the three days, two days of Shoshana, one day Yom Kippur. These two these seven days as well are brought out with the Kava Simcha of Sukkot. Just like these days are a full week, in order to be the days of Tina Hashanah and Kippur, there has to be seven days. If there are seven days, that means each there has to be one day of each week, one each, one day of each weekday. There has to be a Sunday, there has to be a Monday, there has to be a Tuesday, etc. There can't be two of one. That doesn't make seven, ever. Similarly, just like the Sesame Chuva have to have the seven full days, so too Sukkot has its seven full days. And therefore, also having representing each day of the week, we have a full week, and that's another connection of the first portion of Tishrei to the second to the Sukkot. What are we doing throughout the week of Asesimei Tshuva? We said before we're very involved in Tikkun Yemei Hashanah Shecholfa. We're fixing everything we did the past year. First day fixes all the Sundays. Second day fixes all the Mondays, etc. And so too is Sukkot. We bring down the joy of every day of the week throughout the year through the days of Sukkot. So the first day we bring the Simcha every Sunday that's going to happen for the year and every month. Sorry for the new year. Every Sunday that's going to happen in this coming year, we have the Simcha on the Sunday of Sukkot. And the sun, and the Monday of Sukkot will represent all the Mondays of the whole year, the joy that we have to bring down for the whole year. The same way that Yom Neroyim are connected 
intertwined with Chag HaSukas. Ultimately, also the Amnirayim come off the seal of Simcha. In order that the, in order that the Avedis Hashem throughout the year should be in a spirit of Simcha. Simcha doesn't just remain a spiritual realm. It is ingrained within the physical life of the person. And therefore, Chagasukas, the Simcha has to be, has to bring something to a physical realm. And we keep score on the Yomad Abzachim, Kuf Tes Amir Aleph, 109, side 1, where the Yomad says, Ein Simcha Elav Abosar, Simcha is with meat. Here we learn that the Simcha, in our physical life, is reflected for the rest of the year, throughout the year, on the Simcha that we have on each and every day in each and everything that we do. Next mitzvah of Sukkot. The Dalid Minim. The four types. The Medish brings down Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Yukshiru Kula Maguda Achas. I want you to tie them all in one bundle. So after, as you said before, we come from the tremendous fear and trepidation and devotions and dedications of Shani Yom Kippur. And they become totally ingrained within us. Whatever happens to Shana Yom Kippur happens as we said in Sukkot. But the difference is Bakkeseh. It has to be in, in, and up until here it's hidden. Even though it says, Tiku Bakkeseh, the Yom Chagenu. We reveal all this though in Days of Sukkot, as we just said, Yem Chagenu. What do we see, Rashani Yom Kippur? Rashani Yom Kippur, basically, we see full shuls. Full shuls, Baruch Hashem. My son is like in, in New Zealand. <laughs> they made Abdullah Matsyim Kippur. My son called out, the Rebbe always called out at the end of Yamtiv, at the end of Kippur, Yamtiv, Yamtiv, Yamtiv. Since he was making Abdullah already, somebody started the video. And they took the video and they panned through the men's section and they went over to the women's section. <laughs> Auckland, New Zealand, Rabbi Say. For those who need directions to go, you go to the end of the world and make a left. 
verhackt und versteckt. Und in Baruch Hashem, in Yirbu, in Auckland, New Zealand, after the very, very beautiful mega chalabek of, I think, a hundred something women in the beginning of Tishrei, they saw by Ni'ila a full house, Kenayinahara. A full house. Literally, I mean, you can't, you know, sometimes people do, do tricks with cameras and you play with it and you can Photoshop, etc. This is not photos. This is actual video where they pan through the crowd and you see this is the crowd of that shul and it's all in that shul. and Mind-boggling. <laughs> My son Davin Friamit, he had to Davin everything. He Davin's all the tools, so he has to lane. He's the Shniach, what do you do? Um, so when he came to Yiska, he bought Akshem to go out. And uh, everybody said that Yiska. He said whatever a speech before, I'm not sure. But the house was then, the house was full. It was a full house then. Yiska, everybody comes. Came back in and he says, Rabbi Sahi, you got it on Musaf. <laughs> you got it on Musaf. I beg you. <laughs> you gotta, I know you're going to trickle out. <laughs> I know the crowd will thin out. Please just remain ten, make sure there's ten men behind me. So when I finish, I have ten men, there should be a minion here. Usually to Minch and to Nila, since there's a break and people go home and the people leave after Misaf, it's scraping together. <laughs> he turned around at the end of the Musaf, there was a full house practically. To Minch, everybody showed up again. And they stayed through Ni'ila. Who is like the Jewish nation? So this is a time where it wakes up every pintalid of every Jew, every spark within their hearts, and they're all together, and they crown, they do the coronation of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, they crown him as king. And throughout these days of awe, they awaken. Everybody has their little sadness of tshuva. We have people, interesting, my son also told me this. I'm sure, I can tell it to you. You have to go out on any given day as a shliach and go visit people in their offices. And you obviously take your tefillin with you. You also take your credit card machine with you, or your. Uh, make sure you have a card with your Zelle on it, or PayPal, or whatever they take you like. Joking aside, the main thing is you're taking your tefillin with you, and you're putting on tefillin with the men, and you're uh, encouraging women to light Shabbos candles, and uh, the Rebetzin encourages the women to go to the mikveh. All the beautiful things that are being done. But it's a day of tshuva and repentance. And everybody's united under this one, one umbrella.
And it looks like one. It looks like one. Yeah, you have the person sitting on the eastern wall, you have the person sitting here, you have the person in the more prestigious seats, the VIP seats. Bottom line, everybody's here in shul together. And this brings everybody in a unity, a unique unity, where everyone is united. However, these are all solemn days. You're not supposed to imbibe. You're not supposed to involve in too much food. I mean, you keep there's no food, no drink at all. But even in Rosh Hashanah, we have to have beautiful meals and everything else, but we have to, it's not the focus. The focus is on the Tehillim, on the davening, on the repentance. Comes Chag HaSukais. One would want to say, hey, it becomes a drop. We're dropping, we're sinking over here, because till now we were so serious, and we were serving God, and we loved God, and we felt... Our friends next to us, and now we're dancing around and drinking and everything and enjoying. It's not the same. You don't feel the same air. No. No, this air is higher than the other. This This air awakens, unites, reveals the basics of Yom Neroyim. And the, one of the mainstay mitzvahs, Chagasukas, is the mitzvah of the Dalad Minim, the four sort, the four types, which each one represents the different type of Jew. The Balaitera, Maisim Tevim, the Essig, the Balaitera alone is a Lulav. Once you learn Tera alone is only a Lulav. Those who just do mitzvah, Maisim Tevim alone are the Hadas. And those that have yet to start doing anything, don't learn Taylor, don't serve God yet in mitzvahs. That is compared to the Arova. One has smell and taste, one has only smell, one has only taste, one has neither. And again, we're not differentiating. We're not putting anyone here on the eastern wall. We're not getting anybody VIP seats. We clearly say, Am Yisrael, we are uniting you. And we don't tell the Arava, you do nothing, you don't smell, you don't taste, what do we need you for? Rather, we take that Arava, and we tie it together with the Adasim around the Luluf. And the beautiful scent of the Adasim automatically are going to affect the Arava. This is how they all tie together as one. This is the highest level of unity of Achtus that we could possibly achieve. When I'm sitting in shul, and I'm crying that I'd have to do tshuva for my avayas, there's no difference between me and my neighbor who are both crying because they're avayas. 
and therefore the unity is outspoken. Unity is in a whole a whole new level. Next level they call it. Even sitting in their own different seats, everyone reaches their own level of it, but they're all together as one. Chagasukas reveals that the unity that took place in the Yom Nirayim was real. It wasn't a temporary thing, a fleeting moment. It was a real thing that happens and it really exists and does exist within each and every one of us. And it's a perpetual thing. So although we are dancing now, we find each person individual, each person is an individual for their own, we are still in all united as one nation. And this we need to carry over for the entire year and we have to nurture this through remaining united and through bringing others as well into our inner circle. Let's examine four species the Lulav Esrig the Hadas and the Ar- and the Arava Taylor tells us clearly the Kaktum Lechem Pri Eitz Hodr Kapis Tamarim Vanaf Eitz Oves Varve Nachal the Pasuk in the Taylor tells exactly what we need to take and we find as we said before a tremendous difference between The first three, the Asig, Lulav, and Hadas, and the last one, the Arava, the Willow. By Asig, the Lulav, and Hadas, there are conditions that we must keep, must adhere to, to make sure they're good. Whereas the Arava, the Willow, has no rules. So it has to be based on water-based, etc. When the Teda depicts the Essig, the Teda tells us, Pri Eitz Hodar, a beautiful fruit from a tree, teaching us, for example, the, for, through example, that the Essig has to be a Pri Bishal, if an essay is dried if it's not a fully ripe essay it dries up it's possible, it's not good 
Again, if you give us going home and say the sukkah, not further, Lamidala Ramadbeis. The Lulav it says, Kapes Tamarim. And Kapes is written without a Vav. Chaf Pesaf. From here we learn that the Lulav, if it opens up on top, it becomes puzzle. Shemach. So the point of the Lulav has to remain closed on top. It says, how this is described, enough eights of us, a branch of different types of, of the different species, of, types of leaves. This too is a condition in order to make it a, a kosher hadas that also is a storm of condition and stipulation, how it has to be. Which is, it has to be in threes. Comes in branch. The branch has leaves of three. Each level is again. At the bottom of the base, and Rashi explains it. How each one has to be in a set of three. The Arava, on the other hand, is Arve Nachal, comes from by the river. There's no specifications, obligations particular that need to have by the Arve Nachal. As long as it grows by the river, it's kosher. Again, Masech, the Sukkulam, the Gimel, the Baramam, the Mishnah. Let's try to, to examine these different types. We know the message tells us the four types hint to the four types of Jews. The Esrig hints to the Jew that's about Tate, as we said before, sits and learns Tate and does Mice and Tate. Does good deeds. The Lulav hints to, it implies a Jew connects with a Jew that's about Tate, he just sits and learns Tate all day long. Doesn't necessarily have the nice and Tate, the good mitzvahs, the good deeds, but he studies Tate all day. The Hadas is a person that does the mitzvahs. Doesn't necessarily sit and study Tate, but he's a mitzvah doer. And the Arava is somebody that has yet to come around. Not Tate, not Meisim Tate. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, we said before, Yukshiru I want all of these tied together and without one of them you cannot be Mekayim the Mitzvah and again although we say that the Esrik, Lulav and Hadas are different than the Arava saying that the Jews of Teda and Mitzvah and Teda alone and Mitzvah alone whereas the Arava has nothing neither Teda nor Mitzvah if you're talking about a Jew that has no good 
um, attributes, no good, nothing to talk about, nice about them, why do we have to unite with them? But rather, we need to express a special love for those people. We need to love them unconditionally, not because of their greatness, not because of their achievements, but just because they are a fellow Jew. They are a son, daughter of Ramitz Yaakov, Sarif And this we see in the work of the Essig, the Lulav and the Hadas. They need to stand, and they would not only need to stand united with them, without this Harova, they're worthless. Nothing to talk about. The first three have tremendous attributes, and the fourth has none, and we have to understand that without it, we are nothing. Symbolizing, of course, the Jew that has to have the love for the fellow Jew without any condition, unconditionally. Because without them, we're not a nation. And here we learn a special message, a special lesson to us for Sukkot. First and foremost we, need to know, foremost, we need to know we are obligated to tie together each and every Jew. The simplest, without them, it's not possible to be a Jewish nation. We don't have Dalad Minim without the Arava. And another thing is the Balitena Maisim those are learning and doing good deeds. They need to see to it that their Teda and Maisim come into fruition. It's not enough that you just do it with, with, amongst your family who are the same people, Bali Teda and Bali Mitzvahs. You need to go out there to the simple of simple people and not have any conditions, not ask them anything to teach them Lechatechila, Teda, Mekayim, all the mitzvahs, at least to approach a Jew and to bring them and to tie them together with Ava, and this way there should be no differentiation between any type of Jew, and no Jew will be left behind. We should be Zeicha, to be Yeshu, the Sukkah Achas, to sit in that great big Sukkah in Yerushalayim. And we should take the joy of simch, of the joy of sukkahs, and we should expound, and we should dance, and we should bring it into our lives. We should instill it within our system. We should make it one with us, so that we can see only the good in our fellow Jew, and we could unconditionally love the fellow Jew, realizing without them, who are we? Good yom to everybody, and a good sukkahs. And Shabbos, the first day of Sukkot, we don't have to have the little Vanessa, we have to have the Simcha. We have to sit and eat in the Sukkah and enjoy and bask in the Kedusha of Shabbos. And that will accomplish all the mitzvahs that we need to have with the little Vanessa as well. Good Shabbos, good Jumtif.